0: Hello and welcome everyone to episode 77 of the Stardom Cast. I hope everybody's having a fantastic day. I hope you're comfortable. I hope that you're either too warm or too cool. Or you're just having a fantastic day and you're enjoying the final few days of summer. Because here, your Uncle Matt Turner, your host of the Stardom Cast, Matt Turner, we have an absolutely loaded show for you lots of stuff to get into. I hope everybody is better today than they were yesterday. I hope you're better this week than we were last week because that's the goal, folks, is that uh, we're all in this together and we're all here to get better. Yeah, we have a lot to get into. I know that I try to keep these podcasts roughly around an hour. I don't think it's going to go an hour because we have two nights of the fantastic five-star review to, uh, Five star uh five star tournament to uh review and the fantastic stardom X stardom 2022 pay-per-view to review as well plus loaded loaded notes so um and plus we have all yeah yeah lots of news as well so before we get into that I just want to thank uh, anybody and everybody who uh, came out for my 20th anniversary match this past weekend it's really nice taking pictures with all the fans. Uh, thanks to the people who uh, couldn't make it out because I know we have listeners all over the world. And I thank you for the fantastic messages that you sent me on Twitter and or the Instagram. I greatly, greatly appreciate that. And uh, just, yeah, you know, for everybody that did come out to see me wrestle, I do want to apologize as unfortunately you did not get the best version of myself. Um, I was wrestling on a very <laughs> beat up a foot and ankle that i shouldn't have been walking on let alone injuring uh let alone wrestling so i was pretty beat up going into that match so uh i did everything i possibly could to uh, to get through and give you everything that i had so uh now it's i'm just gonna take maybe a few weeks off from wrestling to rest up my injury and uh get back in the ring to be as close to 100 percent as possible and thanks to everybody that uh ordered a shirt between what i you know what (laughs) what i shipped out you know the week before and this week as well i think i'm only down to like three more shirts left so if anybody's looking for the 20th anniversary the tales of honor the homage to the very first appearance of iron man uh, let me know because they are going fast and if you are a patreon member let me know as you will get a discount as uh, some of the patreon members will tell you because i shipped them a whole bunch out to any of the patreon members so again thank you thank you so much for the support you know 20 years of this it just means so much to me and uh I got a lot left in the tank, folks. So, all right, enough about me. Let's talk about the fantastic world of stardom. So, okay, a day after I recorded last week's episode, it was announced that uh, Kari came down with COVID and she would not be able to compete at stardom, ex-stardom against Sai Kamatani. Obviously, a huge blow as that was probably going to be like maybe the biggest, highest drawing match between... uh, you know, between uh, ticket sales, between pay-per-view buys and between once the pay per view goes on Starter World, I think a whole bunch of people were gonna plop down the seven dollars and change American. To, uh, to watch that match, so obviously a huge blow. And then for me, you know, I hyped up really big on the preview show last week. I was really looking forward to the tag match with uh, Mike and Himikovers Ami sorry, and Mirai. I was I thought that was going to be an absolute show-stealer. Maybe something that we would see somewhere down the line, maybe in the Goddess of Storedom, Stardom Tournament. You know, maybe even a finals preview. I mean, who knows, depending on how the brackets shake out here as we, we're getting into the fall months. So, obviously, two matches had to be changed as Himika took Kari's spot and then – so, Himika got a white belt title shot and um, obviously, you know, we'll go through that uh, that whole entire show uh, towards the end because that is the main event portion of the podcast. Also was announced, I believe, the day after – I believe – yeah, that was – might have been the Friday because whatever the day the G1 finals were. So, I was watching the G1 finals and I know this isn't the New Japan podcast But I got caught up on the majority of the G1. Really, really good solid tournament. The finals was absolutely fantastic between uh, Kishishika Okada and Will Ospreay. Probably my favorite match of the year. I think I liked it than both Briscoe's FTR matches. And I think I liked it better than the Sai Kamatani versus Starlight Kid Wonder of Stardom championship match. I think that's my new match of the year. But anywho, so it was announced that coming to New York City will be New Japan and Stardom for uh, a pay-per-view. So uh, New York City is only about two hours away from me. So more than likely, it looks like that I will be there. I'm 99% sure that I will be at that show, uh, which for me means that's two New York City trips for me in the month of October. As uh, the first week of October, I will be traveling for my annual New York Comic Con trip with um, my good buddy, my tag partner, uh, Andy Heder. And then later on that month, I will be taking the trip again into New York City for the New Japan and Stardom show. So if you do plan on going or are going, you know, let me know. Uh, let me know. Hit me up. Maybe I'll buy you a beer. It, uh, you have to be of age though. You have to be of age. Then I'll bet if you're not, I'll buy you a root beer. How about that? So, <laughs> or a water <laughs> or a yoohoo. So uh, yeah, it's exciting. It's, that's going to be exciting. So Stardom's first foray coming over here in the States. Since I believe they were over here WrestleMania weekend a handful of years ago, so I'm super excited for that. So uh, super excited to, to you know meet the fans, you know talk to the friends and family of the Stardom cast. Okay. Also, again, lots of news to go get into. They did announce the uh, the brackets for the uh, IWGP uh, Women's Championship. They did announce the names, but they announced the brackets that the semifinals would be taking place or uh, at Royal Quest two in England. So that's gonna be that's gonna be huge. And they did announce that the they would have the finals, which would be on the same day um, as the Stardom X New Japan show in November. And they also said the first title defense will be taking place at the Tokyo Dome. And Rossi Ogawa also did say that there is a mystery person that will be announced at Korakuen Hall on the 27th. Now, uh, Saturday the 27th. Usually this podcast drops on Friday, which by my calculations will take it to the 26th. So the day after you hear this podcast... We will know who this mystery person is. And he said that it's a non-Japanese Joshi-style wrestler who is unbelievably famous. Obviously, the big rumors going around the mill are Sasha Banks. Uh, Britt Baker is probably number two, and Tony Storm is number three. Now, I will say this, as far as the Sasha Banks things go, uh, my personal uh, phone got got, uh, hit up pretty well from my friend's asking you know that what that loosely follows stardom a little bit I keep telling them, guys only like seven dollars and fifty cents pay for the service it's well worth it you know you're spending more than that money you know more than that on uh stupid you know coffee or stuff that you know that's <laughs> not as good as stardom for you Anywho, uh, that's another rant for another day my the basic theory that i have is uh, if it is sasha which I, if, if i mean they usually when they hype up these big announcements they usually deliver they deliver it on the Kari um obviously the whole eo thing they never said anything about so you can't say well they tanked on eo they never you know said a word that was you know pretty much just us giant eo and Star and fans thinking that she was coming back kind of building it up but if he said it's you know somebody that's like unbelievably famous and sasha had and i've said it on the show numerous times sasha has said that she's very interested in working uh, in japan she's very interested in working against mayu and that's a very good possibility that's her and mayu in the finals and then maybe she goes over and she wins the belt and then she drops it to Mayu at the Tokyo Dome. Because if you look at the tag teams that were announced for that same show, the Stardom X uh, Stardom show, yeah, Mayu's not in there. You know, you have uh, Okada and Yutami. You have uh, Micah and Goto. That's an awesome team right there. You have Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, and Julia. And then you have the uh, the MMA duo of Tom Lawler and Sherry, And then they had uh, the Cosmic Angels with uh, El Desperado, and there was a couple other ones in there, but that my point is, you announced all those teams, and you never announced, you know, the person that was at the press conference, you know, Mayu, Mayu was at the press conference, you know, she's the, whether she's the champion or not, she's the face of the company, she's the icon, she's, you know, she's their go-to person for press and everything like that, just because she's literally been there since the start, so you don't mention who she's tagging with, I mean, obviously, she was there with Tanahashi, so maybe they... At the last minute, they kind of say, not last minute, but maybe like as the tickets go on sale, they say that she's teaming with Tanahashi or she's in the tournament, which I strongly believe that she is. So, um, like I said, it's a possibility possibility that she may, now the Triple H is, again, this is, I know it's not the WWE cast, it's the Stardom cast. Now the Triple H is in charge. We've already seen some major shakeups in a very positive way. Obviously, they wanted her to come back when she walked out and uh, the old man was still in charge. I'm assuming that uh, Triple H probably personally reached out to Sasha saying that she that uh, he wanted her back. Obviously, he did great things with her when they were together in NXT. It's a good possibility that she may have said, like, look, I will come back under your regime. We you have to let me go work, start X amount of dates per year. That is a good that, that that's a very good possibility. It might very much be like an open door policy. And something else, too, that you have to understand, when Triple H was really coming up in the ranks when he was teaming with Regal and WCW, there was a lot of wrestlers that had the same deal that maybe Sasha's trying to work out. You know, you maybe that's just in our heads. Like, you know, Doc and Gordy, they were coming for a certain dates in WCW, and then they would go over to Japan. Stan Hansen, Vader, you know, uh, Steiners, you know, etc., etc. I think Rick, Rick Rude, Steve Austin, I think they had something of a similar deal where they were signed to both companies where they – they would go overseas to work a, a certain amount of dates. So I think that's a real possibility that, I mean, obviously that's something Triple H saw firsthand when he first started really uh, getting noticed in the business, working down in Atlanta. And maybe that's something he said, you know, we'll we, in order for us to keep you that that's what makes you happy at this point. Then that's what we're going to do. We'll send you over to stardom X amount of months per year, but then you'll be, you know, your main thing will be under WWE contract, or she could have just asked for her release and maybe she'll just, go back and forth i don't i don't know I, I don't know i think it's a real good possibility that it is going to be sasha banks uh if not you know we have the brit baker tony storm thing as well i mean but he did say somebody that's unbelievably famous and sasha banks is one of the most recognizable faces in the world when it comes to women's wrestling so yeah it's um, gonna be an exciting uh <laughs> we're gonna we will find out we will find out here Again, as uh, as you're listening to this, probably less than 24 hours. <laughs> so um, let's rock and roll, rock through this. Okay, so we started out with a three-way tag match. So Sai Kamatani, Lady C versus the kind of reunited uh, Cosmic Angels team of Mina Shirakawa, May Sakurai versus Shuri and Amy Sori, representing God's Eye. Uh, right from the get-go, you see the team of Mina and Mai already having problems. You know, why weren't they May Sakurai? Deserted the Cosmic Angels to go team with the evil Julian over at Donald Del Mundo, so I thought that was a good little way to uh, start the match. Giant swing from Lady C onto Mike Sakurai. Uh, mean and Matani have some really fan- have a really fantastic exchange, and uh, we'll talk about that more on the Night Eight show as well. Um, action's really nonstop from all four women. Match was a little bit less than ten minutes, and Sherry pins Lady C with the buzz sock kick, paying homage to her trainer, to Jerry. Three and a half stars. Very good. Okay, we're gonna say we're just gonna kind of just roll right through roll uh you know pretty much right to right through these uh, these two shows and anything of significance I'll kind of stop and uh, you know talk about it. and if there's a match that you want me to further elaborate on you know how to get a hold of me I okay, so there's just a lot to get through okay anywho I will stop rambling match number two Sa uh, Yunagi uh, red stars block match Yunagi coming in who's coming in with zero points versus Saki Kashima coming in with two points Saki teases uh, Yu- uh, Yunagi early on with the Artists of Stardom Championship belt, which I thought was uh, that was a cool, cool little, cool little thing there. Because in a week's time, they will be uh, the Cosmic Angels will be challenging Oedo Tai for the Artisan Stardom uh, Championship uh, belt. Good way to build some heat ahead of their pay per view match. Some good striking changes between the two of them. Saki's getting a little bit more violent. I've noticed with her strikes, she's throwing a lot more kicks, a lot more forearms in the five star, really bringing. Really bringing in the heat there. Uh, Unagi fires back with the big boot. She hits the shell shock for two. And then she uh, hits the thanks for your service, the TDA for the win. And about six minutes, two seconds, three and a half stars. As she gets her first two points. We jump over to the blue stars block as we see Julia. Who who would have ever thought Julia coming in with zero points, taking in Hana, who's coming in with zero points as well. Uh, you can see the improvement in Hana, you know, right out the gate, just how comfortable she seems in their ring against like the top tier here in Stardom. You know, we've seen it in the Mayu match, we've seen it in the Momo match, we've seen it in the, uh, the Sai Kamatani match. Um, and, and I think Julia right here is like the perfect opponent for her because Julia, we you know, we saw in the Momo, uh, i sorry, the Miyu-Hamasaki match um, on the Last New Blood that Julia always gives a little bit extra, you know, to the younger talent. You know that she's not going to drop the fall, but she does a great job making them look as best as they can. So I thought that's, that was good. I mean, that's huge. That's just a credit to Julia that they can trust her, one, having a great match, whether it's a main event level whether somebody on the mid card or with, you know, somebody that's uh, super, super young that's working their way up from the from the bottom up. I mean, she's you can just tell Julia is a great teacher both in and out of their ring. And that's what you want to have. That's 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 just a great trait to have as a professional wrestler. Or just as a human being in general. You know, he, what, No matter what your job is, if you can teach somebody uh, to, to make them be better, I mean, that just makes you a, a good person. So maybe I shouldn't have called Julia the evil Julia a couple of minutes ago. But anyhow, um, Hana stops Julia's early onslaught with the judo throw into the knee bar. Julia counters the rocker dropper into the rings of Saturn. Hana fights back with a pair of rocker droppers for two. Hana is added the... Uh, that wicked uh, pumping knee to her, as to her offense. We've noticed that in this five-star. She does that uh, almost like smaller, like V-trigger, like that pumping knee. I thought that was really good. And Julia did a really good job uh, selling that and feeding for it really good. Hanna hits the Hannah special for two. Hanna escapes a glorious driver into the Lake Lace roll-up for a near upset. Julia did a great job kicking out a 2.99. I mean, even the crowd really bit on that one. Uh, Julia eventually catches Hannah in the octopus stretch. Uh, but she has deemed the spider web for the tap out the match almost goes nine minutes, eight minutes, 58 seconds. I have this at four stars. I think this is like my all time favorite Hana match. I thought this was absolutely fantastic. And again, Hanna's improving so, so much. And when you're in the ring with a ring general like Julia, who is, you know, pretty much can't miss, you know, this whole entire year, uh, this match wasn't going to miss. But uh, yeah, this is a match that I would if you haven't checked this one out yet or if you're looking to for other matches to go back, definitely go back and watch it because these two were on point. And the one thing that I was really impressed with, uh, the ring positioning timing, there's was no wasted motion. I mean, they've got everything they, they, they could get in in nine minutes. And that puts Julia on the board with her first two points. And speaking of somebody that doesn't have any points, we go back to their vet Stars block. Momo Kogo has a goose egg going against the 2020 winner, Yutami Haishishto, who's coming up with six points. Uh, Yutami takes the early advantage um, with her strikes and her, her uh, clotheslines and her power. But it's cut off early by the perfect dropkick by Momo Kogo. Uh, Utami catches Momo's 619 attempts and really lays into the young Momo. Really, you know, making her earn this first five star. Which, if you remember, she wasn't invited to in the first place. This was Tekla's spot. But I think Momo's doing a really good job. Uh, Momo comes back with a double stomp and then a six successful 619 attempts. Uh, Utami takes the advantage back with a series of clotheslines and hits the reverse torture rack bomb five minutes 34 seconds three and a half stars that puts utami up at eight points and poor momo kogo is still at zero we stay at the red stars block match red stars uh, as we say see micah who's another one surprisingly at zero points as we're into night number seven uh going against kogama who has four points right from the get-go they play back the uh the the little uh, fear that micah had back in the winter time where Micah still fears the bear. I thought that was funny. I, I forgot about that until, until it started. And then it just clicked in my head like it happened yesterday. I thought that was good. Koguma gets a quick near, uh, quick quick few near falls uh, right after the bell just because uh, Micah's scared of the bear. I thought that was really good psychology. Micah then chases Koguma through the crowd, and then Micah hits a uh, Buzz, uh, Buzz Sawyer-style power slam, follows up with a few lariats, and then Micah hits a perfect suplex, and then she goes to the Minjinoku driver, but Koguma slips out and hits this beautiful German suplex. At this point, the crowd's really coming up, really get into this. Koguma hits another German suplex, but then Micah, strong style, fighting spirit, pops out of it, hits a big lariat. Um, Koguma goes to the Koguma roll. She escapes, hits the discus lariat, follows up with the Minjinoku driver for the win. Three and a quarter stars, eight minutes, 44 seconds. And Micah's another one who's been adding some new offense into this five-star. You know, we just talked about Ohana with the pumping knee. But I like how she's using the discus Larry, and then rolling right into the Minjinoku driver, almost as like her, like, kill finish. I thought that was awesome. And Michael gets on the board, two points. Hopefully we see um, many more points from the former uh, finalist here. Okay, we stay over into the Red Stars block match. We We have a pair of sixes. Himika coming in with six points and Azumi coming in with six points. Azumi uh, starts with her high-speed offense for some near falls. Uh, takes the early advantage on Himika. Uh, she hits a double stomp off the top. That was awesome. Like, she kind of just wears Himika down with the high-speed offense. She gets Himika on the floor, and she hits that beautiful double stomp to the outside. But Azumi, if by chance, if you're listening, be careful of those ankles and those feet. Because as you get older, <laughs> I'm telling you from example. I'm doing all the crazy stuff that I did, My ankles and feet are susceptible. But, uh, hey, I guess do it while you can. You know, she's only, what, 19, 20 years old? God bless her. I thought that was awesome. Uh, and then I thought it was really cool that uh, Himika rolls in the outside, rolls from the outside in and she sits with another double stomp for a two count. I thought it was really cool psychology how she uh, she chained the two double stomps back-to-back. In case she didn't see the first one, here's the second one. Uh, Himika tries to fire back with some forearms, but Azumi uses her high-speed offense to take out Himika's arm. There's that psychology that we've seen Azumi use a lot in their high-speed title matches. And she'll use the high speed to kind of wear her opponents down, and then when she gets to the second gear, then she goes to the to the arm, uh, to to the arm offense that sets up the Izumi sushi and the numero uno in the uh, yarn bar. Uh, she sets up for the numero uno, but she gets caught off with a big Samoan drop. Him gets a big lariat to create some separation. As you see now, she's on the cell. Very good there. I thought that was excellent there, and it gets the crowd uh, into it. Uh, builds builds the crowd anticipation to see what's going to come next. I thought that was a really good spot where to put it in that match. Himika locks in at the high-angle Boston Crab. She tries for the JP Coaster, but Azumi lands on her feet and hits a big head kick. That was, I mean, Azumi's very short. She's one of the shortest person on the roster, and Himika's one of the tallest uh, 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 wrestlers on the roster. So I thought that was a really cool visual that she's able to get the JP Coaster and then lands his head kick perfectly flush right onto Himika's head. That was very impressive. Azumi tries to hit a hurricaner, but she eats a power bomb. Oh, Azumi! Why would you? That's Himika's one of her go to. Why would you put yourself in that situation? And then she hits the JP coaster for two. Himika hits a series of lariats, but Azumi just won't stay down. You get a lot of fighting, fighting spirit in the high speed champion. Himika tries for the concussion bomb, but Azumi counters with a Canadian destroyer. And then when she pops up, Azumi hits the Azumi sushi. Eight minutes seventeen seconds. I thought the flow of this match was fantastic. The psychology was good. They sold where they needed to sell certain things at certain points. They slowed it down when they needed to slow it down. And the finish. I mean, Izumi is just as smooth as silk, isn't she? Like, that finish was so good. She hits the Canadian Destroyer. And then when she pops up from it, Hanukkah's arm is right there for the Azumi Sushi. stacks up their bigger opponent. Eight minutes, 17 seconds, four stars. Izumi is you – know, people are talking about, like, the best wrestlers and who's having the best matches. A lot of people – are highlighting Hazuki, and I think you know, to me, she's still she's still number one, and you know as well as Yutami is having a fantastic five star star like kid Momo Watanabe, but I don't think enough people are talking about Azumi. I think she's having a, a terrific five star, and that puts her up at eight points too, as she's uh, towards the uh, the leader of the block match number seven and i believe nope i thought that was our main event it was not match number seven we go to the blue stars block where we have the cinderella champion mirai with six points taking on the leader of the entire uh five star uh Hizuki with eight points it's, um, so, some solid back and forth wrestling to start uh, really sets the pace here Suzuki goes after mirai's uh arm the, and then she follows up uh, her arm work with the signature face washes. So we're already setting up the psychology of the match where Hazuki's trying to take away one of Mirai's uh, weapons. That arm to uh, this way it negates the, uh, the, those brutal layers that she's just been destroying her opponents with this five-star. Mirai um, tries to fire back with some forearms, but the previous damage has taken its toll on Mirai's arm. Re again, psychology. Really, really smart. Smart strategy by Hazuki. Hizuki tries to go for the pump kick, but Mirai blocks and hits a San Hansen-esque lariat. Boy, I tell you what, she put everything into that one. And again, this shows the fighting spirit. You know, she's throwing those forearms. She can't get everything in because she's selling the arm. And she put everything she had in that lariat to create some separation as Hizuki was really blitzing her hair. Mariah hits a few more lariats, but as she covers Hizuki, uh, she locks in the double wrist lock on Mirai. I thought that was cool. A little taste of her own medicine. Just like, you know, working on the arm. You're using your arm, your her arm to try to put me down. You're basically trying to block away any pain that you have, all the pain that you have, and whatever's left, you're trying to finish me off with. But now I'm going to use your hold on you. I thought that was really, really good, and it got a good pop from the crowd. Um, Then she floats, floats over in the ring of Saturn. Mariah gets the rope, she hits the pump kick, and follows up with a flurry of big moves, which includes. I mean, this was she just went all out here. She went all in. Basically, Mijinoku Driver, Senton, another Mijinoku Driver, and the Sheardrop Brain Buster gets the win, puts Suzuki at 10 points, four and a quarter stars, 10 minutes, 29 seconds. Absolutely fantastic match. I'm assuming that everyone has seen this show, but if you haven't, please go back and watch this match because this was one of my favorite of the entire tournament. The psychology was just absolutely fantastic. And then once Mirai got a little bit of an advantage, Hizuki goes back to the arm. And then once she sees that little bit of window open, she knows she has to blitz. And she sure does with the, uh, the two Mijinoku drivers and the Sheardrop Brain Buster. Nice sense of urgency on uh, on Hazuki. We move on to the main event of this show. We go to the Blue Stars block, which we saw Momo Watanabe coming up with four points, going up against Natsupoi, coming up with four points. Uh, right from the get-go, um, Poi hits a... A few beautiful arm drags that sends Momo Watanabe to the outside. Momo does—I don't think she gets enough credit for how good of a base she is when it comes to like these smaller, faster, like lucha-based style wrestlers. Because um, she's right there where she needs to be uh, perfect positions for, for these arm drags. Really, really good. Port the point uh, tries to go for a dive, but Momo kicks her, kicks her uh, right into the head, and then she follows up with a series of punishing kicks, locks in the crossface chicken wing. Natsupoi comes back to the series of low drop kicks of her own that sends Momo to the outside and then she finally gets the big dive. Again, psychology folks, were are building up the dive. Natsupoy tried to go for it about a minute in. Momo wasn't worn down enough. Uh the crowd was like, Oh, I really wanted to see it. You take it away, and then about three minutes later we give it back. So that's just the roller coaster and the art that is professional wrestling, especially when it comes to masters like Natsupoi and Momo Watanabe. Um and then poi uh, German suplex Momo into the apron. That was brutal. That was brutal. While they uh, while she was on the floor, not on the apron, but the two of them are standing on the floor, and she hits the the German suplex onto uh while you know while the two of them are standing on the floor. I think I'd rather take that while you're both on the apron, just because you ha- kind of have an idea where you're gonna land. But like when you're both standing on the floor, you're getting German on the apron. That can do some major damage to your neck or your upper back. So, no thank you, but God bless Momo for taking it. But, I, you know, if you've seen Momo Watanabe, you know that she's uh, taking worse stuff than that. You know, God bless her. Um, Natsapoi throws Momo back on the ring, sensing sense of urgency. She goes for the feral Gift, but crashes and burns. Momo follows up with a Meteor high kick combo. Momo tries to use the wrench, but Poi counters with a super kick and German suplex for two. Natsapoi finally hits the Ferial Gift for two. Uh, when Momo kicks out, Momo... Comes back with a big head kick and a B-driver for two. Momo counters the Ferial Blink into the Bastard Driver. That was a really cool visual. As Natsupoy, they're kind of at even tier here now. They're kind of hitting their big moves. We're getting towards the end. It's basically who's going to hit the first, the next big move first. Natsupoy goes for the Ferial Blink. And Momo just powers out and hits that brutal Bastard Driver. But Natsupoy gets up at two. Uh, Momo quickly follows up with the Punk Kick with the wrench. And the peach sunrise for the win. I had this one at four and a quarter stars. Ten minutes and five seconds. I thought this was great. I thought this was great. No, excuse me, you know what? I actually had this at four and a half stars. So I guess I'm assuming I like this match better than the Hazuki match by my rating. See that I talked myself out of that. How about that? I've seen so much good wrestling this past week and a half that <laughs> I forget which what I like the best. So another absolutely fantastic match. So, and that takes Momo to six points. We move on to the 20th, the night before Stardom X Stardom. And this show just loaded up on Stardom World. Perfect timing. I just watched it, so it's a little bit fresh in my mind. So we will go through this fantastic night of wrestling. We go on, we start with the Blue Stars block. We have Hana sitting at zero points, Starlight Kid, who surprisingly, I had to double check this, that she was only at two points going into this match. Considering the fact that she beats Iikamitani on her first uh, her first match, so Hannah tries to take away Starlight Kid's speed by using the knee bar early on. She uses a beautiful Iron Cross su- Northern light Suplex for two. Hannah r- really starts throwing some solid forearms on Starlight Kid. Starlight Kid does a really good job feeding and selling for those forearms. So you see Hannah using. Uh, she's coming back with um with some really really good strikes, and then she used a Dominator. You know, shout out to Ron Simmons. How about that? Uh, and then as Starlight Kid comes up, she hits it with a rocker dropper for two. Crowd really behind Hana. Like, really, the first few minutes of this match, Hana's almost dominating. So uh, I thought that was really, really cool. I mean, Hana's getting a lot of really good stuff in here. I don't expect her to get many points, but she's going to come out of this tournament, you know, i said it a million times, uh, a way better wrestler. She hits the Hana special, which Starlight Kid kicks out for two. Um, Starlight Kid gets the advantage back. She tries to, for the Black Tiger driver, Hana escapes, and she hits the... Uh, The roll-up with the knee bar for two. Again, just like in the Julia match uh, before uh, the week before. Great job kicking out last second. I love this. I love this finish. Hana sensing urgency. Tries for the pumping knee, but Starlight Kid counters the dragon screw leg whip. And then she locks in the Black Tiger leg killer, which they sold really well. You know, Hana knows the submission game. She's very versed at judo and jiu-jitsu. So you can see that she's trying to escape and trying to get to the ropes without having Starlight Kid put her ankle over her throat. And she actually got to the reps at one point, And then Starlight Kid changed her position, rolled back, and then got the leg over the throat for the tap out. Seven minutes, 19 seconds. I love this match. Three and three four stars. And again, this was like, this match was like 70% Hana. I mean, she really took it a Starlight Kid here. Uh, and again, just that finishing sequence was great. And just how long they uh, held out on the Black Tiger leg crusher. And the fact that they waited until Starlight Kid was able to drape her leg over to Hana to put the choke part in with the heel is when she tapped out. I thought that was really good. It shows Hana's fighting spirit. I thought that was excellent. So that pulls Starlight Kid up to four. Hana stays at the big goose egg at zero. Match number two, we go over to the Red Stars block match where we have, we see a pair of fours. May Sakurai taking on Koguma, both with four points. As soon as, soon as the bell rings, May tries a flurry of strikes. You notice noticed is a very uh, aggressive May Sakurai these last few months. Um, Koguma outsmarts May Sakurai by using her experience. Uh, eventually though, May Sakurai counters a German suplex by rolling through. And uh, she basically she did a forward. I thought this was really cool. So Koguma gets the gets the advantage back. She tries for a German suplex, which is when of Koguma's go through and then May Sakurai does a forward roll through into the STF. I thought that was really cool. I thought it was very well done. Uh, Koguma hits the Koguma cutter off the top rope. Maypoi gets the advantage. Uh, May Sakurai gets the advantage. She goes for the Pie roll. Only gets a two count when Koguma gets the ropes. I thought that was that was we've seen May Sakurai win a lot of matches with that the Maypie roll. And I thought this was really cool that Koguma didn't kick out, but she needed to get to the rope. So it's like, you know, almost like the inexperience or the experience. Maybe it's the inexperience of May, or maybe it's the experience of Koguma that she positioned herself where she needed to be to get out via the rope. So I thought that was cool. Because we've seen May Sakurai pin Koguma with that uh, move before in a six-person tag match a few months ago. Uh, Koguma hits a uh, German suplex and the top rope splash for the win. Six minutes, 37 seconds, three and a quarter stars. Okay, we move on to match number three, staying with the Red Stars block match. We have Momo Kogo. We all love her. Zero points. Don't think it's going to get much better. Risa Sarah coming in with four. Uh, Momo starts out with a blitz of four arms, but Risa Sarah just laughs at her. Has no effect on Risa Sarah. Uh, She just basically just goes right through poor Momo Kogo. Momo tries to come back with a big drop kick. It only phases, uh, Risa just a little bit, not much. It only puts a little crack in the armor of the dominant Risa Sarah. Eventually Risa just abuses poor Momo Kogo, takes her to the outside. And we all know what happens here. We've seen the, the gifts, uh, all over Twitter it is, uh, Maysakar, I poor Momo Kogo. How, how do you not love her? She gives her a giant swing to the outweather on the outside and just tosses it like a piece of garbage into the front row. Um, but I thought this was really cool for sympathy, uh, sympathy heat for Momo Kogo because she gets in at 19, and what she does, really big pop, really big pop. And if I was the promoter, I would have been like, you know what? Maybe we'll have, we'll switch it right here. Maybe we'll switch it here and have Momo go over with a roll because at this point, the crowd just feels for Momo. Just they just feel so bad for her because she's such a great seller. I mean, her selling here, this is just great sympathy. Uh, really good job. Is at that point, I think the crowd's like 99 to one behind Momo Kogo. Um, Momo tries to rally with uh with some strikes. She tries to uh hit with a six one nine eventually she, or she does, she can't excuse me, she hits the six one nine springboard drop kick as the crowd really comes up, and then she going gets the two count, she goes to the six one nine again, reset counters with the crucifix uh DVD, and then hits the air raid crash, which she has called let's see if I get this right, Rashi Hashami Rasha Hashami. Well, that's what it said. The air raid crash, uh, kryptonite crunch, three and a half stars, seven minutes, 25 seconds. Really good selling job for Momo. Did a great job making Risa look good. And that puts Risa up to six points. Match number four, we go over to the blue stars block. As we saw, we see Amisori taking on Momo Watanabe. And we knew what this was going to be, folks. Right from the get-go, we have kicks versus chops, kicks versus chops. Momo gets the early advantage with a kicks that sends uh, Ami to the outside. Where Starlight Kid puts the boots to Amisori. What the heck, ref? Call for the bell. It's a disqualification. You can't be doing that. It's illegal. How dare you? Rude. Anywho, Amisori comes back with a uh, power bomb and a high angle Boston Crab to put the pressure on Momo's back. Momo fires back with a series of high head kicks, followed by a tequila sunrise and a meteor for two. Um, Momo tries to follow that up with another big kick, but Ami blocks it. and She gets two big lariats, blue thunderbomb for two. Uh, and then the two of them go back and forth early. Uh, they go back and forth with strikes early on in the match. Momo undid the turnbuckle pad and Momo whips, basically uh, gets accidentally, maybe accidentally air quotes there, whipped the unprotected buckle and gets planted with uh, like a thunderbolt, which is the name of Amisori's finisher for the one, two, three. That was a big, big bump. Momo took that like a champ and a really cool finish. It's the, you know, eats the blue thunderbomb. Gets hit in the unprotected buckle, and then Ami finishes her off. I had this at four stars. Loved this match. And they got this done in just over nine minutes. Like a Thunderbolt. Like Thunderbolt Patterson? Or a Thunderbolt from uh, DC Comics? I don't know. Whatever you want. Anywho, match number five. As we see Julia trying to rack up some more points over in the Blue Stars. She's coming in with two points. Saya Ida is coming in with a goose egg. Zero. Or zero point zero for all my Animal House friends uh, Julia gets the first advantage of the match with using an overhead belly to belly suplex followed up by the Masahiro Chono Shining Black she tries for the Stealth Viper but Saya uh, gets the ropes and I kind of figured that would play into the psychology of the match going for the Stealth Viper early on so I kind of figured that would come back it sure did uh, Saya cuts off Julia with a top rope power slam I thought that was awesome that looks so cool uh, she follows up with the Machine Gun Kenta Kabashi-style chops. Um, and then uh, Saya hits a Spinning Muscle Buster for two. Uh, Saya goes for the Eater Rock, but Julia blocks it. And she hits a Top Rope uh, Butterfly super, Superplex. Uh, and then she follows up with a Giant Knee Strike. And then she hits, the, uh, she, she hits the Backdrop Driver. And then she locks in the Stealth Viper. Three and three, four stars. This one got done. Seven minutes, 58 seconds. I really like how she teased the stealth viper about three minutes in, and then Sai gets the advantage and just runs ref shot on Julia, and then Julia basically has to hit a flurry. I mean, after the top rope butterfly suplex, she hits the you know the, she's got to follow up with the giant knee strike. Sai Eda sells back to her feet, dazed, and then the backdrop driver, and then goes back to the stealth viper for the tap. Really good psychology, really good way uh, you know storytelling. You know, Julia gets the first quarter of the match. Sai gets like the next 30, 40%, and then Julia just has to hit the flurry and goes back to the finisher for the win. Excellent, excellent storytelling, and that puts Julia up at four points. We go to match number six, which is a non-tournament match. This is like an all-star tag match, this. So you have the uh, Cosmic Angels team of, really, two tag teams, uh, Tam NASApoy and uh, Minunagi Pinkabuki, you know, Cosmic Angels, taking on the Queens Quest team of Utami Azumi Lady C and your wonder of Stardom champion Sayaka Matani Azumi uh, and Matsupoi start which as soon as they get in the ring and they start you know they start circling up crowds already into it cuz you know we're going to see some high speed smooth as silk between these, these two these two have fantastic chemistry together i would not it would not hurt me one bit to see these two you know hook it up again in a, another singles match somewhere down the road uh, they are an opposite yeah, they're in opposite blocks of the five-star. Had to think about that. Um, so, Zumi gets the better of the high-speed action. Why wouldn't she? She is the high-speed champion and the high-speed bomb girl. And that has Tam come in, calling the plays, gets stops by a quadruple team moveset from Cosmic Angels. I talk about it all the time. When it comes to the triple and quadruple team uh, teamwork, nobody does it better than the Cosmic Angels, especially with Tam calling off the play. Then that gets broken up by the former tag champs at the uh, team of uh, Utami and Saekam Aphrodite, they come in, and they get the advantage back for uh, Queen's Quest. I thought that was really cool. It's like, okay, you're going to you do a four-on-one. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to come in with uh, our two big guns to take the advantage back. And they get cut off by Min and Yunagi, Pink Kabuki. They come in to, to uh, they put a hurting on you know, Utami. I thought that was really good. Really good use of the tag teams uh, in this match, how they kind of broke it apart. I thought that was, that was, uh, that was excellent. A really good job to highlight Mina and Yunagi because obviously the focus as a team and Cosmic Angels kind of has been taken off them and put on Tam and Matsuy for obvious reasons, which we'll we'll talk about in the uh, match Exodium show. So this is, this is a good little shine, you know, for them in the match. Really good stuff. Again, I talked about it earlier in the uh, the first show. Really good stuff with Sai Kamatani and Mina Shirakawa. So that's probably that's obviously something that they're setting up for their Blue Stars Block match and. Maybe Mina beats Saya, or they go to a draw, and then Mina gets a title shot somewhere down the down the line before the end of the year. It wouldn't surprise me at all, and obviously I would not be upset with it at all because I'm just a huge fan of the improvement and of Mina Shirakawa. And obviously, I think we a good majority of us agree that Saya Kamatani is one of the front runners for wrestler of the year. Uh, Tam comes in, takes over on Lady C. Uh, Utami Nizumi mean, slow Tam down for a bit, and then we get the waterfall finishers from. Every single member of this match, everybody's hey, gotta, gotta get my stuff in, brother, eventually leads to a violent shooting from Tam onto Lady C, followed by the Tiger Suplex for the Cosmic Angels win. Uh, they packed a lot in this match. They got that all in in nine minutes, three and three, four stars. Absolutely love this match. We go back to block action, Blue Stars block, Suzu Suzuki, who uh, is making her second match because she missed the first two with, I believe, was a COVID? So, in her matches... Uh, from those first two nights have been rescheduled, so she does not have to forfeit those wins. Thank the good Lord, because we want to see Suzu Suzuki in more matches. So she's coming in with zero. Hazuki coming in with a zero as well, but the one in front of it. See what I did there, folks. So Hazuki's coming in with ten points. Uh, Hazuki. Uh, Hazuki sends. Su- Hazuki sends Suzu Suzuki. Oh, this is gonna be fun. Hazuki sends Suzu <laughs> Suzuki to the floor with some boot scrapes. She hits her signature drive early on. She pitches her back in the ring and she follows up with more boot scrapes. Uh, Suzu hits a; gr- she gets the her first advantage with a gross headbutt, and then uh, basically the two of them are fighting on the top rope. And she's a disgusting headbutt, and then hits the top rope. Rana follows up with that. These two just keep throwing forearms back and forth. It's a real hard hitting action where they're not no selling. You can see they're fighting through the pain. uh, a la, uh the other Suzuki Minoru Suzuki and Yuji Nagata that we've seen in New Japan uh, and Pro Wrestling Noah several times. I thought that was excellent. Uh, really good striking back and forth. Really just the pure definition of strong style. You know, you're fighting through the pain, and you're still, you know, giving it your all. That really brought the crowd up there. Huzuki uh, hits a Mijinoku Driver Senton combo for two, and then she follows up with a Code Breaker and a Brain Buster for the win. Three and three-fourth stars, nine minutes, 52 seconds. I was shocked that Huzuki got the win here. I thought that with Suzu at a zero... And Izuki kind of just running away with it. So now did she get the winner, she kind of like dominated this match. I mean, she really had like 70% of this match. I mean, Suzu really didn't have too much in this match. But I thought it was really good. I thought everything she did made sense. And it made Izuki kind of almost you f- have to fight back. And then again, just like she had in the uh, the previous match, once she saw that it, with Mirai, once she saw that opening, she had to capitalize with her, her combination. So really good stuff as Izuki just... 12 points, 6 for 6, just absolutely running away with it. We move on to the co-main event, the Red Stars block match, which we saw. We see the World well, 2 champions. We have one-third of the artists of Stardom Champions, Saki Kashima coming in with two points, going up against the world of Stardom Champion, Sherry, coming in with six points. They did a good job playing this up on social media that Saki wants no part of Sherry whatsoever. Like once the blocks were announced about a month ago. She's like, no, I don't, don't want to be this with Sherry. She had her back turned the entire time, uh, which is a huge sign of disrespect on somebody of the discipline of Sherry. Eventually, the bell rings and Saki begs Sherry to shake her hand, but oh, we know what's coming. She, poor Sherry, she falls for it and she pulls Sherry in for the Kasai, which everybody, if not everybody, almost everybody in the crowd bought for the finish. I mean, once she pulled her in, you had know, the oohs and ahs sherry kicks out the very last second uh only gets two saki cashmix gets up on sherry uh early on and then she wants to go strike for strike with sherry obviously a big mistake uh sherry gets the better part of that exchange and then she baits saki to come in with a kick she catches a high kick and puts her in the white tiger that she turns into the giant swing oh that had to be painful you just do one wrong move there and you're popping your knee out that just looked painful God bless Saki Kashin for taking that. I'd rather take a pile driver on the floor than that, to be honest. Yikes. Um, Saki Ka- sh- uh Sherry just lays on the offense. She goes to put her way of the ruin, but she escapes with a kishikasai she for gets for a two count. But when Sherry kicks out, she ha- still has the, uh, the butterfly lock locked up, excuse me, the crucifix locked on. She rolls Sherry back for the upset win. Big pop from the crowd. I would have only had this like maybe three and a half stars. But I bumped it up to three and three-fourths just because of how well the crowd popped for everything, especially the Kishikasai in the beginning and in the end as well. At the end of the day, that's what you want to do is you want to get the crowd invested. So I bumped it up to three and three-fourths stars. This got done nine minutes and 28 seconds. And Saki Kashima comes up to four points. And Shuri, who hasn't seen many losses in this last 12 months, has two losses in the last month or so. So we're probably going to see somewhere down the line Saki Kashima getting a, uh, maybe getting a title shot, which would be funny because we haven't seen, we've all seen all of Sherry's title defenses be very competitive as well as they should. So that'd be funny if she does get a title shot and like sure just knocks her out in like two minutes. So, okay, we move on to the main event. We go to the Red Stars block where we have the other Saki, Saki, all capital letters, or Saki coming in with four points, taking on Micah. Who comes in with only two points? Again, kind of a shocker that Micah. She's got some. She's got some work to do, and I think that uh, I think she's going to make up some points here. Um, really great lockup to start. I'm sure if you listen to this podcast enough, uh, I and mean, if you do, thank you. You know that I'm a great fan of a good lockup. So as soon as that lockup happened, I had to write that down. Uh, Micah sets. Micah gets the first advantage with a beautiful suplex and a sliding lariat but Saki blocks a lariat attempt and does an ankle pick and she uh, rolls into the pendulum swing submission. That was really impressive. You know, Micah, one of the, uh, the bigger, stronger wrestlers uh, in stardom. I thought that was really impressive. One, how she did the ankle pick and how she just flawlessly rolled into that pendulum swing. I thought it was really cool. Uh, Saki, hits a superplex on Micah. I was like, how dare you? That's Micah's move. Then she goes to the top rope to follow up, but she gets cut off. And then Micah says, Oh no, you don't girl. <laughs> That's my move. Um, she hits a, a, sup, a superplex of her own. The two of them go back and forth with a series of strikes, but Saki gets the advantage with a series of running Yakuza kicks. Uh, crowd, at this point, really, really getting into this, getting really behind both competitors. Saki hits a Minjinoku driver for two, but Micah winds uh, clotheslining, up uh, clotheslining, clotheslining her almost off the top rope and then hits another superplex and then follows up with the... Uh, with the i try, I I can't pronounce the name of this move, and I had to ask our good friend Mr. Rob Goodwin the name of the move, and he said it to me twice, and uh, I still can't. I still can't pronounce it. I tried several times, but he basically told me that it translates to. Hold on one second here, folks. I have it here somewhere. I have it in here somewhere. I should have wrote it down. Flame drop. The uh, Naka Oshiti. I'm just gonna call it the Flame Drop, folks. <laughs> so shout out Rob, thank you very much for uh, for that. And uh, I actually have another quote from him later on in the show. So she hits the Flame Drop, the uh, basically the power, the spinning Power Slam, and then into the Mijinoka Driver for the win. Twelve minutes thirty five seconds. I thought this match was excellent. Uh, three and three fourth stars. Really good, you know, last few matches. I thought this was a solid show that was really anchored by, uh, you know, nothing was. Over the top, I don't think anything broke four stars on this night, but I think everything was in in the upper three level. So, excellent, excellent show. And that takes Micah to four points. So, before we get into the main crux of the show, as we're coming up here on fifty minutes, like I said, I knew this was going to be a little bit over over an hour long. I'm going to do this every show now that we're eight shows in. As of this record, well, even as you're listening to this, if you listen to it on the Friday, that here are the current standings. The Red Stars. We have a tie for first place between the two Queen's Quest members, Utami at 8, Azumi at 8. And then we have the next four competitors tied at 6. Kogum at 6, Himika at 6, Shiri at 6, Risa Sarah at 6. And then we have a uh, four competitors tied at 4. Mike at 4, Saki at 4, Saki Kashim at 4, Mei Sakurai at 4. And then we have two people tied at two. Tame Nakano at two. Oh, boy. She's coming. That's got some work to do. Yunagi at two. And poor Momo Kogo at the big goose egg at zero. Okay. Now we'll go over to the blue stars block. Obviously, we know who's leading this whole thing. Hazuki's got 12. And then we have a four-way tie at six. Mariah at six. Sayakamatani at six. Momo Watanabe at six. Ami Sori at six. Mayu. Uh, no, excuse me. Uh, then we have a four-way tie at four. So a whole bunch of fours. Mayu Iwatani at four, Mina Shirakawa at four, Natsupoy at four, Starlight Kid at four, Julia at four. Excuse me, five people uh, are tied at four. And then we have three people tied with zero. Saya Ida, Suzu Suzuki, and Hana. So we have four competitors at zero. Momo Kogo, Iida, Suzu Suzuki, and Hana. A um, little shocked that Suzu Suzuki's at that goose egg. Again, she's got a couple matches to make up. I, I see her getting up to eight, nine, maybe even ten points. Uh, I think Saeed, I can see her maybe with two, but I don't see really too much from Han and Momo Kogo as far as points goes. But obviously, coming out of this as a better wrestler, they definitely are, as we've seen just the improvement in their matches. So, okay, folks, that will do it for that portion of the podcast as we move into the main event. As like I said, I knew this was going to be a longer show. So we move on to Stardom X Stardom 2022. Um, and thanks to my man, Darren Chatton, who basically told me that there was over 1,300 fans in attendance for this show. Uh, obviously, another fantastic number. I always say that time they do more than 1,000 people on a pay-per-view, that seems to be the, uh, the area that they're aiming for. So, excellent job there. Uh, great paid attendance. Uh, for what I understand, this did really well on the pay-per-view buys as well. Considering the fact that it was hindered by Kari, who's obviously just a huge, huge global star for them not being on the pay-per-view. But, uh, boy, I tell you what, they, uh, they took advantage of the situation. Well, not advantage. They basically uh, did the best they could with, uh, with the hand that they were dealt, is what I wanted to say. You had uh, Tai Chi Eldes no brought on commentary, so I thought that was cool. You know, we're really pushing the New Japan, uh, you know, stardom team up here. So let's get right into it, shall we? We go on to match number one for the Future of Stardom Championship. Hana defending against Miyu Yamasaki. Nice exchange of leg locks between champion and challenger. Miyu hits a pair of Tornado DDTs. Well, the first one she kind of messed up a little bit, but she did a nice job recovering. Um, Hana hits that Pumping Knee and then the Rocker Dropper uh, for a two-count, and then uh, she goes to the Pumping Knee again. That gets countered into the the Knee Bar. Miyu counters a Knee Bar attempt uh, for the knee fall. Hana hits the Pumping Knee finally, building up that move, and the Rocker Dropper, a Hana special for the win. Hana looks really comfortable out here, where Miyu, she just seemed like she was a little bit off. I don't know if she was a bit nervous or it's maybe that Hannah is coming off these matches with Julia and Mayu and Starlight Kid where I think maybe she might've been working maybe a little bit too faster for Miu. I'm not sure, but something about this match just just seemed just a little bit off. i obviously Miyu's going to be fine. She's, she's fantastic. Just yeah. For um, how well Hannon's uh, matches are between the five star and her last two uh future star title defenses this one is going to be one that i don't think it's i'm going to remember somewhere down the line but like i said Miyu is it's just going to be fine just put a little more work in um but i see this match happening a whole bunch of times somewhere down the future uh, i see these the two of these you know feuding having a lot of matches down the future as the, both these two are i think Han just turned 18 and Miyu is like 2021 20, so obviously the future is bright for the uh the future starter literally okay Match number two, Micah versus Hina. Now, this is a match that was obviously added at last minute because of uh, Kari uh, getting COVID. And then Micah and Himika, obviously that tag match with Ami and Mariah had to be changed. But I thought Hina did a phenomenal job taking advantage of the spotlight here. I was a really good grappling to start off the two. Hina gets some impressive offense in uh, you know, right pretty much right off the, uh, right off the ground grappling. Um, uh, Micah hits a lariat and then the Buzz Sawyer Million Dollar Man style power slam To get a first really big advantage uh, Then Micah hits the discus lariat Followed by the another uh, the her Spinning power slam the flame drop um, For the win Three and a quarter stars They didn't spend too much time out there They didn't need to I thought Hina did a really good job Taking advantage of the spotlight Considering the fact that um, she was not supposed to be in this match So really good job They didn't, they didn't let it go too long Match number three. We have a three-way tag match. Again, another match that would had to be shaken up a little bit by the uh, the co-main event being changed. We have the team of oh my Julia, my Sakurai and Julia versus Rina and Ruaka versus Mariah and Ami. Sorry, a uh, non-stop action from all six ladies. I mean, as soon as the bell rang, I don't think anybody took a breath. Jeez, um, this yeah, this is really good. Uh, Hina breaks up a pinfall with the double knees. Julia breaks up a pinfall with their Josie dropkick sent down combination. I thought that was really good. Some really good chemistry with Rena and Mirai. I was really, I was like, you know, if you're going to tell me, like, what uh, what's going to be the MVP pair of this match, I thought it would have been, you know, Mirai and Julia, Ami and Julia. But uh, I thought, like, the, the really good stuff in this match uh, was Rena and Mirai. Basically comes down to the two of them, and uh, Mariah taps out Rena with a double wrist lock. Three and a half stars. It just seemed like it was uh, to spotlight Mariah Amisori as um, they pretty much just kind of just rolled through this match. Uh, obviously, they protected Julia. Not that she needs any protecting because she's awesome. But obviously, we know why they ha- they built Mariah Ami Amisori to kind of just kind of just run through this match as we'll, we'll see later. Match number four, we go to the Captain's Fall match, which we saw the Queen's Quest team of Izumi, Lady C, and Yutami Aishista, Versus the uh, stars team of Sayida, Momokogo, and Mayu Iwatani. Fast and Furious pace right after the bell. Um, the, the, this <laughs> Again, very similar to the previous match. soon the bell rings. They basically get they pack a lot in here. Uh, Mayu eliminates Lady C with a Huracurana. I thought that was a really cool spot. How Lady C goes to chokeslam Mayu. And then Mayu jumps up. Hits the Huracurana pin. And gets rid of Lady C. So we have one elimination there. So... How, so how the Captain Falls works, it's uh, either the, the, the well, how it works here is either two members of the team have to be pinned or the captain of the team has to be pinned, which I didn't know was Captain's Fall until um, this match started. So uh, I guess that might be on me. Anywho, double 619 from Mayu Momo. I thought that was really, really cool. You know, the MM sisters maybe. And again, I've talked about how uh, with the Goddess of Stardom uh, tournament, just around the corner, what are some of the teams I would like to see and with Thunder Rock, probably not going to be in that tournament. I would like to see Mayu and Momo, uh, as I think Momo will, just like how she's doing in the five-star, I think she'll grow so much in a tag tournament teaming with Mayu. And th- these two have fantastic chemistry together. Um, Momo and uh, Zumi have some super, super smooth exchange, uh, basically picking up on their, uh, not only their five-star match, but from their high-speed match from a few months before. Azumi eliminates Momo with the Azumi Sushi. Really... Uh, really cool looking spot where Azumi hits the double stomp onto Sayahida, but she has to break up uh, Mayu pinning Utami. I thought that was really, really cool how they they chained those uh, back and forth. Uh, Utami pins Sayahida with a sick, sick German suplex. Um, Really, a lump like deadlifting Sayahida, and based on the two members of the Stars team are eliminated, a Queen's Quest win, three and a half stars. Yeah, really, really fun match. Really liked how Zumi and Utami chained a lot of their offense together. Uh, really good stuff. Okay, so we will get into the back half of this pay-per-view as we get into the championship matches. The Artists of Stardom Championships are on the line as the champions representing Ouedo Tai, Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kid, and Saki Kashima defending against the Cosmic Colors team of Saki, all capital letters, Mina Shirakawa, and Yunagi. And the Cosmic Colors team, the Cosmic Angels Colors team, they pull a Ouedo Tai on Ouedo Tai. They get the jump, and they uh, they get the jump on Saki Kashima. They hit her with some really good triple-team moves until Waito Tai uses some less-than-honorable tactics to get the advantage. Some really good exchanges between Starlight Kid and Yunagi. Then it gets tagged out into Momo versus Mina, basically picking up where they left off from their five-star match on night two, which I absolutely loved. Um, really good strikes just being thrown back and forth between the two. Um... Mina escapes the B driver, bastard driver combination, and then Momo goes for the punk kick uh, with the wrench, but Mina blocks and clowners with the glamorous co- collection Mina for near fall. Basically, so very similar to what she did on her five-star match, kind of playing, you know, throwing it back there from not that long ago, you know, just a few weeks ago, and the crowd really bid on that. They really bid on that, so they did a good job playing that up. Um, and based on the fact that Momo didn't kick out, so they had to break it up. Starlight Kid and Momo double team Mina and then Momo finally hits the Pump Kick Peach Sunrise combination for the win. Three and three, four stars. I thought this was really good. I thought they did a good job highlighting Mina. And very shocking to me that it wasn't Saki actually getting the win. They figured uh, you know, just because maybe because the night before that she pinned the champ with the deadliest move in all star on the Kishi Kasai. But uh, hey, it was nice seeing Momo get a win here for a change, right? <laughs> Match number six. Okay, I got a lot of notes here for these last three matches. We go to the Goddess of Stardom Championship match as we see the team of Tam Nakano and Natsupoy. Who would have thought two months ago we would have said that, right? After the brutal matches. Taking on the champions, FWC, Hazuki and Kokoma. I mean, you gotta point out the phenomenal entrance from Tam and Natsupoy with the wings on the big screen, two of them coming out dressed like either they're going to a prom or the wedding, regardless. I think as soon as they made their interest, I think I tweeted something out like if you never watched Stardom before and you just know a little bit about rest and you sat down and you watched that entrance and that entrance alone, then you know that Tam and Natsupoi are big, big stars. And this is this this Natsupoy going over to Cosmic Angels has done so much for her career. Just because it's I don't say she's lost in the shuffle in Donald Del Mundo, but you have like Sherry and Julia basically leaving that group. Obviously Sherry, you know, Broke apart back, uh, in the, uh, back in the springtime after the uh, world climax match and created God's Eye. But then you have like Micah Himekan I and Julia, such a huge star and such a huge presence. And boy was almost kind of like lost in the shuffle there a little bit. And this is just, this just put a whole new huge spotlight on her. So, um, and then of course, you know, Hazuki and Koguma, they're, they're, in, they're interested, so, you know, you can just feel the, the presence of the champs. Like they feel like champs. And this felt like a big fight feel. Uh, the champs use some really good double-team moves to assert their dominance. Again, Tama and Natsupoi only teaming up for a little bit where Hazuki and Kogama, they've won the belts twice before and they won the Goddess Tournament last year, so uh, really asserting their dominance. Izuki picks up where she left off at the five-star with Natsupoi, just being super stiff. And uh, again, I mentioned Rob's name a little bit ago. He was watching this, now I saw this match live, and then he saw it like a few days after me. And he sent me a text and he said, did Natsupoi run over Hazuki's dog because of how stiff she was? And then I said, are you talking about their five-star match or their tag match? He's like, no, I'm watching the tag match. And I said, did you watch their five-star match? And he's a little bit behind on it. Uh, By the way, Rob told me to tell everyone hello. He's doing fine. And I said, I think the five-star match, he's a little bit stiffer than Natsupoi. Like, I think Natsupoi tweeted out a picture of her face after their five-star match and looked like that. She got hit with a tire. So it's like, yeah, I don't know what's going on with the heat with uh with Hazuki on uh, Natsupoy. I mean, natsupoy has been bringing it pretty well on Hazuki, but Hazuki is uh, <laughs> just bringing it back ten times as worse. So yeah, I don't I don't know what's going on. If anybody knows what's up with that, let me know. Or maybe they're just really good friends. You know, you just hit your fence harder. Uh, Tam gets uh, the hot tag, and then it's Tam time, as she quickly takes out both members of FWC. Really good stuff. Uh, to highlight here, her there, some stiff and fluid action between Hazuki and Tam. Tag back to Natsupoy and Koguma, and uh, you can see the match is building. You know, really good build from there as the two of them bring in their high-speed offense kind of in the middle of the match. Good way to kind of take the ebbs and flows and ups and downs and different psychologies and twists and turns of the match. Double-team moves from both teams as Suzuki hits her suicide dive, but Natsupoy pushes Koguma into the way. I thought that was really, really cool. Almost wipes out Koguma with that signature dive. And then a double dive uh, from the challengers. I thought that was really cool, you know, showing the tag team cohesiveness between Tam and Natsupoy where they climbed onto the ropes holding hands together, you know, just showing the uh, the bond between the two of them. I thought that was really good. Super, super kick and ferial gift combo onto Koguma for two. Natsupoy tries for the fairy strain, but uh, the fairy strain German suplex counter, but Koguma counters in the Koguma roll for what I thought was the finish. We've seen Hazuki win several of these matches where she's getting pummeled at the end. Uh you know we saw it when they won the belts back against uh, Momo and uh Mumantanabika Starlight like Kid. We saw uh with Amisori really putting the boots towards Hazuki and Hazuki just escapes last second for the Huzuki straw roll. I thought this was gonna be kind of the similar thing but just with Koguma doing it. But uh, no, so close two count. Not only did I bite but everyone pretty much in the building bit as well. And then Tom and Natsupoy they had a double super kick and the double fisherman's neck breaker. Followed up by the Fairy Strength for three uh, new champs. Absolutely love this match. This is one of my all-time favorite stardom tag team matches. I just at four and three-fourth stars. Obviously, my favorite stardom tag team match, uh, one of my favorite tag matches of all time, is Thunder Rock versus Miko Sanomaru and Kari uh, Kari Hojo. You Known back then as Kari Hojo. Uh, I just didn't get to that level, but it was close. It was close. I know some people saying, well, it took a little dive and Hazuki missed the springboard dropkick uh, to break up the double team that was happening on Makoto. But that didn't take me out of it at all. That didn't take me out of it at all. Things happen. Um, you know, for all the crazy stuff that they did, the fact that that's all, that's all it was and nobody got seriously hurt, it didn't take me out of it at all. Four and three, four fourth-stars match. Again, this is probably my, probably my third favorite tag match I've seen all year. Uh, probably behind the two FTR Briscoe Brothers matches. Uh, that's how much I enjoyed it. Thoroughly, thoroughly loved this. I'm going to go back and visit this match again sometime soon. Match number seven. Wonder or Stardom champion. Sai Kamatani defending against Himika. Himika gets the call just on like two or three days notice. And, uh, you know, a lot. so many people were disappointed that Kari, you know, Kari got, she was sick, you know, tested positive for COVID. It, can't help that. It happens but boy the ma- there's you know quote unquote replacement match they gave us boy this was something and I, I i i'm a big fan of old school taking notes and i try not to have one match go over a page just cuz i think it might be too worthy or too noted. this this one is a page and a half folks so so bear with me here bear with me hold on let me take a little sip here ah uh, okay let's get into this one uh, himika tries to use her power early on but she's countered with Saya speed. Obviously, we figured that would be the psychology of the match. And they set it in place right from the get-go. Um, these two have a stalemate of throwing forearms back and forth. Saya Kamatani, obviously known for her, uh, her high-impact offense and her high-flying moves. But she's doing a really good job, you know, throwing the kicks in the forearms as well. Big fan of her Her forms getting better each and every time. Especially, it means so much against somebody, you know, as strong as Emeka. Um, the two of the ring, basically, Tesla Wills is he was going to break first. Hamica uh, hits a big back suplex and locks in the half crab, focusing on Saya's back. Hamica uses the Argentina back, back breaker and pulls it into a lariat combination for two. Then she hits a sliding lariat and then picks her up for the JP coaster for two again. Hamica tries the Queen's Landing. Um, I noticed that. I was like, oh, she's going for the, the Queen's Landing, the Ocean City Cyclone Suplex. You know, shout out to either Monomi Toyota or B. Priestley, depending on what era of wrestling that you watch. Um, but Saya slips out and hits a spin kick. She goes for the goes for the four fifty, but Himika moves. Um, Saya rolls through though, and then uh, hits a few kicks, and then Saya finally hits the Star Crusher for two count. Did a good job building that up too. She went for a couple times early on. I didn't note that here, but I remember she was going for it early on. She couldn't hit it, and then uh, she she got here. She missed the four fifty, you know, one of her finishes, and then comes back, hits the other, hits the other one. I thought that was I thought that was good. Um, she goes up for the four fifty splash, fire but the four fifty or the fire burn splash, and when at this point when she hit that, I'm like, okay, that's the finish. I'm like, yeah, this is a pretty good match, It's like a four star, four and a quarter, four and a quarter star match. You know, I thought I thought it was excellent, and I thought that was the finish because we've seen Saya, you know, she finished uh, Himika's tag partner off Micah, with the Star Crusher. Himika kicked out at two, and then she hit the four fifty into the Phoenix Splash. But we've seen that Saya has been using the four fifty a lot often as a finisher. So I thought that was the finish. So, God, this is a good build. You know, they got over Saya striking. Himika blitzed her in the middle with a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, I thought this was really good, four and a quarter stars. But then Himika kicks out to the dismay of, not the dis- to the shock of everybody. Me, Saya Kamatani, and Saya selling here, of like shock which was just fantastic. And then this match goes into a completely different gear. Saya goes to the top rope to finish her off with a Phoenix splash, but Saya gets cut off. Two of them go back and forth. Looks like Saya's going to go for a top rope per Karana. We've all seen the spot where I don't know if it just mistimed or what happened here. But Saya eats a nasty top rope power bomb. Um, And when you go back and see the replay on it, Himika is like her butt and her legs, which is supposed to you know, I mean, talk inside baseball here because I know a lot of people here were worried about Saya Kamatani including me, but you go back and watch the replay. Himika's butt in her legs, which is supposed to break the fall. They kind of hit the, almost the same time as, like, Saya's head. So I'm not saying Saya's head didn't hit off the mat. It hit. It hit pretty hard. But uh, Himika, the Jumbo Princess, I th- she took a lot of the brunt off her. So it wasn't as bad as it looked. I, the only person that knows how bad it was is Saya Kamatani. But for me, being in that position a few times before, nowhere near as nasty as that, I don't think it's as bad as it looked. Now obviously, the... the this match took a ramped up the intensity and if Sai Kamatani was hurt as much as it looked uh, she wouldn't have been able to do this this finish so uh, and i haven't heard anything you know post match she had a concussion or anything but hopefully she kind of just takes it easy as she ramps up for these next few days of the five star uh, once they ref says that Sai can go jumbo comes up with a jumbo sharuta style knee and a concussion bomb for two i thought that was the finish i was like they're changing the belt she just ate a top rope power bomb the big knee and the concussion bomb that beat Utami at night one of the five-star. I thought that was it. Saya just refuses to stay down as this crowd is going, as Pat Patterson would say, banana. Um, really feels like we're getting a new champion. You can just feel like the, the just the air in the building just changing, the momentum in the building changing. Series of Lariats sends the champ to the outside. Saya Kamatani desperately goes for a springboard uh, splash, but she gets swatted out of the air with another clothesline from Himika. Himika hits the... Uh, she hits the Rainmaker as well for two. She hits another concussion bomb, kicks out of two. She goes for the Queen's Landing. I mean, she's just stranding things one after another after that brutal top row power bomb, And then Sai Kamatani counters with the Poison Rana, and the way she landed was absolutely perfect because she just put all of her body weight onto Himika for the three count. We have never seen... I, Sai has not won. I retained her belt with the Poison Rana. I don't know. I've never seen her. She's only been wrestling three years, and I've seen a majority of her matches. I don't know if she's ever won a match with that. But the psychology of it made sense, you dumping somebody, a bigger opponent, on their head and then swinging her legs and her body weight over her head, and then you're putting your body on top of that, and you just need a three-count to win just to kind of survive. And the psychology of it made sense, like, why would si is done? I mean, she, we have no idea how she kicked out of the Rainmaker, the two concussion bombs, you know, all that, all those lariats towards the end. So it's like, yeah, it would be pointless for her to go for the 450 or the Phoenix Splash at that point. It's like, I just have to hit something, get a quick cover. Um, again, I, I say it all the time, and it's the truth. It's not who goes over, who, it's who gets over. And I don't think anybody thought that Himiko was winning the belt. But after the two concussion bombs, I was like, they're switching the belt. They're going to shock everybody. They're going to keep Saya's reign right at where Kari's reign is. And this is how it's going to end. And it didn't. It really took me. And Saya did a great job the two times that after the powerbomb, when she got pinned, where her eyes were closed, she was not looking at the ref at all. And I was so bought in. So bought in with the drama. I mean, Saya's had some really fantastic matches this year. I don't think when you're building towards a finish, she's had a better string where they thought, were, they, we, thought we were going to get a new champion. Especially in a match going in, nobody thought we were going to get a new champion. This is five stars for me. This. Now is this five stars, this is this is the best match I've ever seen him again. Uh and this I would really have to shuffle on where I put this as far as Saya's reigns. Again, it's another five five star match, in my opinion, for Saya Kamatani, who uh again, I talked about the G1 at the beginning of this podcast, how I literally had, you know, one and two for my rest of the year were flipped between Say and Cherry, and then Will Ospreay was number three. After what Will Ospreay did the last few matches of the G1, I had Will Ospreay leapfrogged to the number one spot. And after this match, I, I Saya just took back the number one spot. To me, Saya Kamatani is the wrestler of the year. Uh, I know I said in this podcast before that her and Sherry, they constantly flip. I thought Sherry, we're going to get into it in a few seconds. I thought her match with Nanai was fantastic. But for me, Sherry is the clear front runner for the wrestler of the year. And is having one of the greatest, if not this will go down as the greatest white belt reign of all time. Again, we're still going to get the uh, Kari match, which I really think she's going to have a successful title defense. And I think we're going to see her and Hazuki. I think Hazuki is going to be the one to pull the belt off. So if she only gets two more title matches, the Kari match and the Hazuki match, uh, this is this is going to go down not only as the as one of if not the greatest wonder of Stardom title reign. But, like, it's at a point where if she keeps putting bangers on like this, whether it's one or two more like this, you're going to have to start comparing it to EO's V14 as the greatest title reign in the history of Stardom. I mean, it's absolutely amazing, you know, what Kamatani's doing with the with the white belt. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay. We go on to the main event. God bless these two ladies for having to uh, follow that. But that's one great thing about Stardom is, like, the last three or four matches are just all back-to-back bangers. Um very much, you know, like New Japan a handful of years ago were on their big pay-per-views. They were putting the last two or four matches were all like four stars and above. So Shuri taking out their current World of Stardom champion, taking on Nanai Takahashi, the first World of Stardom champion. Uh, we knew what this was going to be. You know, you, we weren't going to see any Phoenix splashes and in this one. Uh, these two waste no time getting into their stiff strikes and stiff kicks and stiff slaps. Uh, Nanai hits a German suplex early on to try to take the advantage but Sherry comes back using her ground-and-pile submission-style offense that nobody in wrestling does better than her. And maybe Kyle Riley's up there as well. But anyway, um, eventually, Nanai has to go to the floor to rethink her strategy. The challenger comes in at Sherry full steam ahead with some brutal headbutts and suplexes. They go back and forth trading blows. Nanai gets the better of Sherry with some of the blows. She hits the refrigerator bomb for two, and then the Northern Lights bomb for two. That was a sick-looking Northern Lights bomb. Reminding me of Steve Carino in one in the early 2000s. Yikes. Um, she tries for the MX, but Sherry, that's her, the go-to, the, her MX. But Sherry slips behind for a rear naked choke to start to slow down the offense of Nanai. Um, then she switches to the Rouen. She hits the Rouen. I thought that was really cool. All she had her on the choke, she slowed her down. She figured, let me put you away with the uh, my head spike finisher. She hits the Rouen for a count of two. Nanai comes back with a big German suplex and then hits the MX, but only gets two. Nanai is fired up and throws a series of stiff, sickening headbutts, but Shiri counters with a head kick and then a buzzsaw kick for two. The two trade again, uh, back and forth. This time, Shiri gets the advantage with a series of Muay Thai knees, and then uh, Nanai collapses down to the ground. Uh, The crowd is at almost a hush here, because it's like they think that she's knocked out here. I thought they were going to do a uh, a knockout finish, which I wouldn't have been opposed to. Standing uh, nine count. Shuri blitzes with a brutal head kick and then hits like an Andre the Giant meets Katsuri Shibata style headbutt to the back of the nice head. Uh, and then picks the night up for the Vermilion World for the one, two, three. I had this at four and a quarter stars. I absolutely love this match. I know this match has been kind of very much like the Shiri versus Mayu match at World Climax. It's kind of hit or miss with some people. Um, and again, that's your opinion. You could have liked it, you could have loved it. I know some people didn't think it got out of third gear. Uh, I disagree. I thought it was excellent. There was some parts where it dragged a little, um, but I thought that this was uh, what it needed to be, sheer brutality. Sheer brutality, especially coming off that fantastic world of stardom, um, excuse me, wonder of stardom championship match, but absolute sheer brutality. Another fantastic title defense for Sherry. And then this is another one. She's having an all-time year as well absolutely terrific. It just seems like Sayakamantani just seems to be putting a little bit more pressure on Shiri as to see who is the uh, the better of the two champions. But unbelievable what Stardom's doing. You know, these last... You know, it was a pretty decent card just because of uh, you know everything got shaken up with those last four matches. You know, the, the four title matches were absolutely fantastic. And again, Stardom, Stardom just does it again. You know, they drew, you know, 1,300 people on the show. Absolutely fantastic. So um, before we'll close out, I will. I forgot to do this. I will go through my top five favorite matches. Like I don't have this written down. I kind of like just doing this off the cuff as I know we're getting close to the hour and 20 minute mark here to wrap up. But top five matches of this tournament. So let's go with, and again, I've kind of been rewatching the matches from time to time. So certain things have been changing. So let's go with number five, Natsupoy versus Momo Watanabe. Let's go with number four, Sai Kamatani versus NASA boy. Let's go with number three, Sai Kamatani versus Starlight Kid. Let's go with number two, Hazuki versus Julia. And let's go with number one, still for me, is Yutami versus Sherry. Again, some of these matches I'm going back and revisiting or visiting certain psychologies of it. So some of these matches are getting kind of flipped back and forth. But as of this recording, that's my top five. My top two really hasn't changed with Hazuki and Julia and Utami versus Sherry. And my MVP of the tournament thus far, hands down, is Hazuki. So, okay, I knew that was going to be a little bit longer. Um, and, again, I thanks every- thank everybody for tuning in. I thank all the new listeners. I know we've got a whole bunch of new listeners this past week. Uh, I appreciate the questions. I've got a lot of questions coming. Where do I start? Let's start. Am I just got into this? Where do I go from here? Um Thank you so much. I hope whatever I'm saying is being helpful. Uh, I hope whatever advice I'm giving you is helpful as well. I'm really glad that you're enjoying Stardom. Again, they seem to be doing well. If uh, we we're having a whole bunch of new listeners, not only to the Patreon, but to the weekly show as well. And uh, you know, keep the questions coming. Keep the uh, positive feedback coming. Keep any feedback coming. You know, Again, this isn't just my podcast. This is your podcast. So, okay. So, coming up for the Patreon listeners, I And the next week, you will be getting the Tony Storm 2017 five-star Grand Prix review. I just recorded that, sent that in the can. Um, Before I keep ranting here, uh, God bless my man, Mr. Sean Montrose, because I'm literally sending him three podcasts in about 24 hours' time. So God bless him. He's got to uh, edit those together. And by the way, Sean uh, Sean did my intro for my 20th anniversary match and did a absolutely fantastic job considering the fact that we had to pull him in almost not last second but our match was supposed to be match number seven couple people got injured, so literally last second they pulled our match from 7 to 3, and he wasn't dressed yet. So I'm like, get on your suit, brother, and uh, get a drink of water because you're on in about one minute, kid. So uh, he did a fantastic job, and thank you so much, buddy, for all that you do and continue for this podcast. So, okay, so the Tony Storm up one will be up uh, by the end of the month. That is for all the White Belt and Red Belt tier Patreon members uh, this coming Monday. The next watch-along, again, uh, you asked, I deliver uh you've patreon members have said i want more arisa hoshinki you're gonna get it so arisa hoshinki versus utami haishista from the 2019 five-star grand prix that will be in your feeds on the 19th or not the 19th on uh, on monday <laughs> sometime on monday morning uh and also the poll is now up and running i just put it up just yesterday um well as of i put it up tuesday so for what the Patreon members, what you want me to cover for the month of September, again the top two vote getters is what I will cover on the month of September. We have Julia's white belt reign. We have Io Shirai's red belt reign. The V ten, the V fourteen is in the archives. You can go back and listen to that. I believe that was the very first Patreon episode. Uh the Utami and Momo goddess uh, reign. Forget throw a little tag stuff in there, and the Hazuki high speed reign. So you have red belt high uh high speed belt goddess bell and white belt so a little mixture of everything and i've had some people tweet at me and said hey is there any way that you can do all four eventually i will probably get to it it'll get to a point where the some of these uh poll losers some of the ones that come in third and fourth that don't qualify for the patreon that i'm going to go back and put them up on the poll just because it's i know some people do want me to cover them and i would like to watch them cover them as well okay so with that being said, uh, any questions, comments, anything that I can do to uh, help just help help your day get a little bit brighter, uh, that's what I'm here for, guys. Please hit me up on Instagram and or the Twitter Matt Turner, OF, or you can hit up the Stardom Cast on Twitter as I do check that from time to time. So uh, that's gonna be it for this week. As I'm going to sign off. Thanks everybody for listening to this almost a ninety minute episode. Greatly appreciated. I appreciate all the positive feedback. You know, keep the reviews coming. Keep the five star. Uh, reviews coming up on uh, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts because it does help out the the algorithm as we're trying to get this podcast out to as many people, well, many people as possible. And we're trying to spread the fantastic news and the fantastic wrestling that is all things started. So Matt Turner signing off for this episode. Remember we're all in this together and everybody's different, everybody's special. Have a great day, great night and remember your Uncle MT, he loves you. Bye-bye.